0: Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran. Good morning, Alan. Pauline, just as a matter of interest, you heard the tail end of my conversation there with uh, Sean Moynihan and the concerns that uh, benchmarking of pension, uh, and he, he reckons that people uh, caught up in this, living below the poverty line, need 40 euro extra per week. That ain't going to happen, is it? But I mean, if it did happen, it would make some change to people's lives, wouldn't it?
1: Well, something has to be done to address it because all we see are prices are continuing to rise, um, and and people are finding it very very difficult to actually pay for you know things like food and heat and you know electricity and so on. Uh, I mean, I'm hearing it in my constituency all the time as well, um, and it's affecting people who are dependent on social welfare payments of some sort or on a pension uh, because they're they're it's a low income basically. So uh, you know, we need to kind of link. I think payments to in, in inflation, or, or do more to actually kind of curb inflation if we can. Mm. Um, but it, you know, and it's it, like I'm even listening there that the price of petrol and diesel is about to rise again overnight. I think, yeah. Um You know, and and there's, it's that, that's the first of three rises this year. So it's it, you know, it, the government need to just take some action around the, the continual rising cost of, of fuel and energy in particular. Yeah, when because we're know,
0: hearing they're awash with money at the moment, but if they're awash with money, why don't they give it to the people who they're going to be calling on to vote for them in the forthcoming absolutely. election?
1: Yeah, they need to. I mean, there's a wash with money, but there's other things as well that they should do. They keep talking about, you know, having the windfall tax on energy companies who are profiteering from the energy crisis and not passing on the reductions that they're now seeing in, you know, buying in the energy. Um, But it's very slow. I mean, it's just so frustratingly slow that that this is not happening. And we have to remember the government are continuing to take in, you know, taxes off fuel and, and, you know, in the excise duty and so on. Um, so the more it rises, the more money they make all, all the time. And I think they need to be looking at giving that back to the people.
0: Right. In, uh, in uh, Peter says time. that indirectly uh, €25 Euro will go back to the government through the spending of people who are retired. That's a, That's Peter's comment. An interesting one.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we're looking at the cost of food and everybody has commented on how every foodstuff practically has risen in price and it is substantial. And again, we see that um, the large supermarket profiteering as a result of that. And it's not that they're spending it on wages. The wages are not going up. The, the vast majority of the, the, the increase seem to be um, on profit. So again, that needs to be addressed and not having a cosy meeting between, with a minister and, and, and the heads of some of these um, larger supermarket chains okay. uh, and, and hoping they'll do the right thing.
0: We set the scene on a a debate and a motion last night that was being brought forward by your party. We spoke to, uh, for the first time in many months, to to Johnny Wythen yesterday. Uh, And you you may also have been brought brought to your attention by Johnny Wythen and and other people, your your, your Sinn Féin councillors, about the situation with respite in in County Wexford. So the motion was put forward last night and uh, part of the motion was that you believe the government is failing people with disabilities and must provide vital respite services. What happened last night in area?
1: Yeah, we discussed the motion. Now, the government didn't oppose the motion, which sometimes they don't, um, but unfortunately that doesn't mean they'll actually do anything to implement the, the asks in the motion. Now, Minister Rabbit did acknowledge that there is a severe shortage of respite throughout the country. She can't do anything but acknowledge it because actually, you know, the figures we have is that less Less people received respite in 2022 than did in 2018, and even at that it was at a, a low level anyway. And the Disability Capacity Review, which was published nearly two years ago, did identify a lot of unmet need uh, in disability services, and respite was included in that. Um, and I'm hearing it, as, as Johnny is hearing it in Wexford as well, I know the is 12 beds closed in, in Gorey, and they're saying it's due to the lack of staff, and that's what we're hearing the same in other areas as well. Um, I mean, it's disgraceful it would, they need to address it because the, the, the money that they pay to people working in respite centres or providing uh, care assistance to disabled people or elderly people is not sufficient. And that's why they can't attract people into the profession. Yeah. Um, and the, the, it, it, our population is growing. Our population is living longer. We're going to have more people needing care and assistance. You know, as, as Family carers, Ireland would say, we either, we'll all enti- um, encounter care either by providing it or receiving it in our lives and we need to start looking carefully at how we value it
0: yeah, um, and I mean when I looked at the stats and the stats uh, really tell you a lot in a snapshot, less than 5,200 people are receiving a respite service in 2022 despite an estimated 20,000 people or more with intellectual disabilities physical and sensory disabilities and autism living with family fewer people receive respite service in 2022, then in 2018, when there were more than 6,300 families were in receipt of respite care. That, That says an awful lot, doesn't it? It does, and I mean...
1: Talking to families, I mean, one, one family their teenage daughter had some complex disabilities. They were crying out for respite. They have finally been allocated respite, um, I think, they get a night or two every two weeks. But that was only because it was uh, recognised that the family were in crisis mode. No family should be should end up having to go into crisis mode before they're actually offered the support that they need. Um, so, and they said it's made such a difference that that couple of nights break every so often is what they needed because they weren't getting sleep. There were a lot of complex um, issues Um, and so there's a lot of people out there where a small little break every now and then would make the difference and it would let you know the person with the disability have a, a, something to look forward to, because the respite services can be excellent, especially if they're tailored to the needs and the interests of the person um, going into respite. And then it gives the carer a chance to just reboost their energies and, you know, keep going or spending time with other family members. There's different reasons why they want respite.
0: Okay, so they and didn't oppose the motion, so what's likely to happen hmm. next then? Because obviously there's there must be huge staffing shortages at the moment, so where, where to? Because we could go around the blocks talking about this, but I'm just I'll be speaking to uh, journalist David Luby from the New Ross Standard, and one of the issues he's looking at is an update on the situation in Gorey, that's one of the stories we'll be talking about, but I I, Mm -hmm. I can sense from the people who are caught up in this, and they they travel to Gorey from all over the county, by the way, I'm led to believe, and they are deeply frustrated, so when will the talking stop and the action start, do you think?
1: I know. Well, I think Bernard Gloucester has given a commitment, he's the new CEO of the HSE, that the, that the staffing issue will be dealt with. So we're holding them to his ward. Like, let's hope that he does because the facilities are there. They're perfect. I mean, you know, just find the staff, like, you know, pay them properly, give them proper paying conditions and, and, and the, the the facilities can be staffed. But I mean, the, the disability capacity review, which, you know, was carried out um, and I suppose, identify, and probably not perfect either, but it identified a lot of unmet needs in disability. There's no even implementation plan put in place for that almost two years later. Um, I mean, and respite is connected to residential um, settings or independent living um, provision as well, because a lot of people, older people, now I'm talking about adults with intellectual disabilities who are still living with families, often with aged parents, wouldn't require respite if they were actually provided with their own homes. And again, they're left languishing on social housing lists usually longer than everybody else, because the council and uh, the HSE won't work together to provide the the independent living, um, both the house and the support that they need. So what's going to so, happen I next, mean,
0: Pauline? What happens now, please? Well, you know that we
1: we will just have to keep putting the pressure on the government, keep, keep bringing up motions and bringing up topical issues on the issues that that are are, are identified here to us, um, and hope that the government take action. I mean. Minister Rabbit, you know, says she she is trying her best. I hope that she's sincere in that, and that she will continue to put the pressure on the HSC to provide the services. Um, And I'm hoping with the CEO that he will do the same.
0: Southeast Radio's morning mix.